Welcome to Live Long and Dead. Today's topic is my time as a security guard uh, slash bouncer at bars slash nightclubs. It was something that I had always sort of been interested in because I'm six foot nine and over 350 pounds and football coach background, so I can have a big booming voice, and uh, but a lot of security jobs don't pay well. Back in the day, they'd pay nine, ten bucks an hour, if not minimum wage, and they usually weren't that close to my house. And me being blind and not driving, that was not good. Um, didn't want to do it when I was working at the Hollywood Bowl, just the yellow jacket. You know, security you see everywhere. That's a pretty miserable job. And I don't think I'd want to try and be a supervisor in that because uh, they deal with the more intense stuff and eh, don't really want to do that. And those guys still aren't that well paid. Uh, and you've got to be a yellow jacket before you can be a supervisor. So nuts to that. And one day in 2009, I was checking... For years, Craigslist Security and Craigslist Education. There was never anything good there. Uh, you want to be a parking lot security guard for $7 an hour? No. Um, hey, you want to come work one night a week at a bar for $10 an hour? And uh, no. And I did not have a guard card, which the state mandates. So one day, fall of 2009... Checking Craigslist, and there was a place in Sherman Oaks, which was close, and looking for a doorman. And so I sent an email, they responded, they wanted to interview me. It was a five minute drive, and maybe a half hour walk, that's doable. And it was called Coda. New place, uh, had been a different bar, but new owners. These guys owned several bars over the hill in Hollywood and Santa Monica. Uh, the, oh God, what, what are they called? Um, the Association. There was the room, Santa Monica. And then I forget what the third one is. But they had pretty prime locations for the other ones. And they were, they did well. Had a very, very dark uh, vibe and leather booth areas and red lighting and DJs definitely not my thing I like a pub or a cantina and uh, met one of the owners and the manager and they liked me and they said and I, I did tell them I said hey I, I don't have the best eyes so you know doing guest lists and stuff, because they were talking about guest lists. Yeah, right, on Van Nuys Boulevard. Um, and I don't have the best eyes, so guest lists will be tough. Oh, don't worry, mate. We'll have a, uh, a girl out there, and she'll be the hostess, and you'll just be the, the big muscle. Okay, cool. That sounds good. That never happened. Um, this place was on a block on Van Nuys Boulevard amongst car dealerships 
um, due north of us was a car wash, a tire store, a sushi restaurant, then us, then, uh, oh, what was it? A musical instrument store that eventually got bought by a barbecue joint, and then more car dealerships. So not a high traffic foot area in the evenings. It didn't help that we didn't look like a bar. They wanted the speakeasy vibe. So we had a nondescript front and just a wooden gate that led back down this little alley walkway. And that was the quote main entrance of the, re uh, the bar. And there was this really crappy little smoking patio back there. And then inside the bar, you walk past the two bathrooms to get to the bar. And on your left, there are three booth areas with carpet and leather couches and chandeliers. And then to the right beyond the bar was the dance floor with a couple of little leather seats and the DJ booth. And that was it. Super tiny. And then beyond that was the back door, front door where I stood and it was uh, what used to be a little patio was now just walled off with a nondescript wall and there's a curtain leading out to where I stood and so I was very hopeful when I got hired they were going to pay me $20 an hour I would work Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday 9 to 2 sounds good to me cool work and they wanted me to dress sharp dress sharp mate Cool, so I wore a suit, and uh, their opening was going to be September something or another, and opening happens, and they're like, oh, it's not busy enough yet for you, we'll call you, and a week or two go by, and the other security guy, one of the most wonderful people I've ever known, named Corey, uh, he was the, the main guy, I uh, think forget how he knew these guys. I think mean, maybe he worked a couple, uh, like as a bar back at one of the other bars or something. But, uh, so he was the main security guy and when it was busy enough, he'd call me in. And so as September turned to October, things got busier and I started working Friday, Saturdays. Uh, Saturdays were usually on. Fridays, sometimes I'd be on call, which sucked because my natural bedtime was like 11. And so when he'd call me at like 1130 and say, hey, just got popping. Can you come in? Ugh, I don't want to go. The clientele. So again, these guys want it to be a nice Hollywood speakeasy type bar. But this is in Van Nuys. They're playing top 40 stuff. And there's no other way to describe it than a ghetto crowd. And not... It doesn't matter what race they were. They were all ghetto. And they were all... <laughs> uh, I, I, the majority of them were kind of lowlifes. <laughs> Just uh, dealing with them for five years. Five and a half years. Uh, not much other way to describe a lot of the patronage there. Um, why, do you, why do I say that? Well, tipping for one reason. Uh, the bartenders were good people. And they worked hard. And our average tips when you did it in the night was like 8% or something like that. I mean, there would be 
booth people that would get a bottle and tip zero on a couple hundred dollar tab. And uh, <clears throat> then, uh, so owners wanted me to enforce a dress code. No shorts, no hats. Hats can be uh, a thing to get in fights over. If you're wearing a Cowboys hat and I'm wearing a, a Patriots hat, we might get in a fight because I hate the Cowboys. So no hats. And that was just a constant fight for the whole five and a half years I went there because these guys roll up in their $40 new era baseball hat. Oh, man, I don't want to walk back to the car. Can I leave it with you? No, because I've had hats stolen when I've left them with me. No, go back to the car. Oh, man, and then they try and sneak them in in their pants and they're wearing them inside and I walk by. I'm like, dude, take off the hat. I don't get, you know, you're going to a supposedly nicer nightclub don't wear a hat i'm a hat guy i'm a football coach i wear hats a lot but if you're going out to a nicer restaurant or bar don't wear a hat um as time went on pretty quickly my hopes faded there was rarely a guest list and it was definitely not a hollywood club on van nuys the owners barely ever came. One, there were two owners. Uh, the one with the business sense never came by. He came by like once every four or five months, if that. And then the other owner used this as his little playground. He would come in uh, with his side girls, or I don't even know if they were side girls. He'd come in alone a lot, but his wife was never with him. And so it was his little playground, and he'd buy drinks, and uh, and then the quote-unquote manager, I think I saw twice in my five and a half years, um, they brought in an old high school friend of mine, uh, totally unrelated to uh, coincidence, uh, at, to manage and bartend, and he did real well for like the two and a half months he was there, and brought sales up from like... Oh, I forget what the numbers were, but he did a great job. And so he asked, okay, well, I need, like, some guaranteed money or some salary if I'm going to be continuing to do this. And, you know, if we're closed for a Wednesday, I still need to get a little bit of money. And they're like, no. I forget what he asked for, but it was totally reasonable. And they said no. So he bailed. And then we didn't have a manager forever. Corey was kind of the default manager because he was smart and could get stuff done and then finally like 2014 maybe even yeah 2014 they brought in a girl that was a bartender at one of their other bars to be the manager for us and she did good um yeah i stopped wearing a suit because <laughs> uh that place didn't deserve it it was hot uh, the, the bar had terrible air conditioning and so when I would go inside it was just way too hot for a dang suit um, fights definitely happened um, usually they weren't too serious the first several especially when Corey was there Corey was good at diffusing or seeing stuff before it started um, bartenders came and went and uh, my buddy Carmen 
Um, he became a bartender and was there for a good couple of years. Um, he and I had lots of Thursdays where there would be zero patrons. We would be there at 9, close up at 12.30 because zero people came in. That was fun. It was dumb but fun at the same time because they didn't have anything on draft. They had bottles and cans of beer and they charged $6 for a Bud Light bottle. Ridiculous. But, you know, have a couple beers, hang out with Carmen, who's a cool guy, and get paid 65 bucks or 70 bucks. Cool. Um, so that, that was fun, but I didn't like uh, staying up late like that and getting home at 3. There was a memorable girl fight where my main job when there's a fight inside is to get it outside because we don't want any collateral damage and we don't want any damage to the bar and I was told very clearly once it's out of the bar and off our property and onto the sidewalk don't get involved not your job so I got a girl fight out and then these girls grabbing each other's hair and one swung the other girl by the hair into the car door and they're fighting in the gutter. Classy. Um, yeah, not too many memorable fights. I, broken glass every once in a while. And after a couple years, Corey moved on. He just couldn't deal with their... They didn't appreciate him. They, and you know, it wasn't worth it. He, he moved on to greener pastures, and that was a big blow. Um, then they brought on a nice guy named Andre. <clears throat> I don't think security was in his background. He worked at the, I want to say Apple store. Um, smoked a lot of pot. Um, he did. And, uh, you know, we got along fine and we worked well together. And, um, and he he was a good backup, you know. Uh, if something security-wise went down, I could trust him. But then he got a better job, and he would have his friend be his backup and fill in when he wasn't there. His friend was not big and not a good security guy. That's when I got punched in the face and got my tooth knocked in. Um, four undesirable guys wanted to get in at 12.30 p.m. or a.m. And that was one of my uh, rules, not the bar's rules, that I had to keep the ratio of girls to guy decent. And because if there's too much testosterone in there, it's dangerous. If they're thirsty, thirsty guys fighting over the women. So... I told these guys they got to keep keep going, and for ten minutes they tried to talk their way in, and I finally said to the one guy, "You're done." But he heard me say, "You're dumb," and as I turned away from him, he sucker punched me in the mouth and knocked my tooth in. And little Ryan, my backup security guy, friend of Andre, just locked the gate and didn't help out at all. And I went in, locked and the door, and called the cops so that that was a, 
I have a permanent reminder of that crappy bar. I have tooth. They pulled it. It got knocked in at like a 45 degree angle and then they pulled it out. Uh, not out, but they pushed it back into place, but they pushed it a little bit too far. And you can't tell by looking at it, but I can sure feel it with my tongue. Um, so then after Andre and Ryan left, the bar decided to just get rent-a-cops, rent-a-security guys. And I didn't like it because we, we didn't have any chemistry together. And uh, it was fine because I could have them check IDs and then go inside. I hated being inside the bar because it was hot and stuffy. So they could be inside. I'd stay at the door and listen to a podcast or something. But then they found one rent-a-cop guard that they liked and he was a nice guy, but just a weirdo. Like, cons super conspiracy theory. And not just, like, normal conspiracies. Like, uh, JFK was killed by so-and-so. Like, weird, weird stuff. And he would just talk my ear off the entire five-hour shift about nothing interesting. And, uh... There was one night where there was a serious fight and he was tussling with a guy and the guy he was tussling with had girls in his party and they were trying to throw glasses and take their shoes off and hit the other security guy with their heels so I was holding those jerky ladies back and taking glasses out of their hands and beer bottles and not letting them hit him with a, their heels but he thought I was just standing back and, and one of them picked up a bar stool too and tried to hit me with a bar stool but security guy thought I was being lazy or scared or cowardly and not jumping in and helping him and I tried to explain that no I was holding back those three bitches and he didn't really comprehend that or he was too fired up and uh, so that was the end of him <clears throat> and then they brought in this real dullard who just there was no conversation at all and by that time it was like 2015 and Heidi was on bed rest where James was born so I finally ended up leaving that bar in May or June of 2015, I told the owners, listen, I've got a preemie baby at home and a postpartum wife. I'm really uncomfortable with being gone from 9 to 2 every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I got to quit. And to the, uh, and the, we knew the bar was being sold sometime soon. Ended up getting sold in July. <clears throat> um, and when they sold it, they gave... All the workers a nice little like thousand dollar maybe even fifteen hundred dollar um parting gift and they gave that to me when i quit early so that was nice of them um but overall a lousy experience at coda the music was just atrocious nice bartenders and still friends with one of them and still friends with corey he works too hard and I never see him, but still friends. And uh, a few fun nights hanging out with very few friends of mine would come into the bar because it was so crappy. But uh, a couple would come in late at night and have a couple beers with me. So that was fun. 
And then I took a year and a half off and uh, no, less than that. Uh, like November of 2015, my neighbor owned a bar restaurant that I actually liked, a place called Pineapple Hill. And just typical bar and restaurant, good food, and not too far away. And she wanted me to fill in a shift for Sunday night football. Sweet. 20 bucks an hour. And watch football? Yes. And that turned into a sort of regular shift. And then one of the other guys quit. And then I had a regular every Saturday shift. And... Or was it even every Friday, Saturday? I don't remember. That was cool. Um, liked the staff. And I liked the patrons more. Uh, a lot more. But funny thing about being a door guy, smokers are fairly annoying. Or the people that... All the cool people hang out in the bar and drink and hang out at the bar. The people who are inclined to do come out and bug and talk the ear off of a door guy uh, there's a reason they aren't at the bar socializing with all the other people <laughs> so I'm stuck at the door under these bright fluorescent lights with the people who can't make friends with people inside so they come out and talk to me so that got to me pretty quickly and, like, the friendly ones are, okay, it's 1.30, we're no longer, it's last call. At that point, I go inside and just keep an eye on things, because nobody's coming in at 1.30, and that's where I get a chance to talk to a few of the people who are inside, and lots of those people are cool, but they never come outside, because they're busy being cool people inside. And, uh, so I worked at Pineapple Hill until... Uh, for a couple of years, I think. It was a year and a half ago that uh, uh, something happened. The owner was getting sued about something, and so to cut some or save some insurance money, she was going to have all security be a rent-a-cop company, and uh, that was fine. I was tired of staying up late, although I do miss... Coming home with a wad of cash of 80 or $100 and just throwing it at Heidi and be like, yeah, now we have a pile of cash to use when we need to. That, that was nice. Um, any memorable moments from Pineapple Hill? Uh, there were only there were like two fights there. Uh, and neither was major... It was mostly just hanging out, and although there was a scary moment towards the end of my run there, there was a birthday party of uh, Latino folk. The birthday girl was super passed out, and I was cool. I was like, I wasn't rushing out the door at two, and so that was like, take your time, get her out safe. So I get her out at like 2.05, and then, what, well, I don't remember what triggered them, but they were furious all of a sudden. 
and they wanted to fight me. They wanted to fight the bar back. They wanted to fight some other patrons. So I just locked the door, but the guy that wanted to fight us stuck around until three, until we were trying to leave. And he tried chasing us. He punched one of the bartender's cars. Uh, he chased me in the bar back, who's gonna give me a ride home. I slipped in some mud and got my knee banged up. That was scary because he was a bigger guy and I got YouTube video of it, put it up on YouTube, but uh, that was, oh, and then this one time, super drunk guy being helped out by two friends, sits on my bar stool outside for a few minutes and then they load him into a vehicle and send him off. And I wasn't really paying attention to him, but he was so drunk, I did grab a little video of him being super drunk. And a month or two later, some detectives come and talk to me, and apparently there was some kind of allegation of sexual assault. And, um, yep, I... And they called me to court, and I didn't really have too much to say. And eventually, I think the charges were dismissed, or the guy recanted. That was weird. Um, I got a guard card for Pineapple Hill to make myself legit. And, like... Three months later, two months later, that's when she let me go. So that was a waste of money and energy. And you have to renew the guard card every couple of years, so it's no good now. But I'm happy to be out of the security business. It's a thankless job, and hours stink, and yeah. So that's, and nobody comes and visits you. Uh, I'd be like, come on, Heidi, come hang out with me at the, the door. You can people watch. Nah. Hey, alcoholic friend, come have drinks with me at the bar. I can get you several free drinks. Nah. Hey, friend who's at a good bar and on their way home, and you want to come hang out with me and have a beer on your way home? It's not out of the way. Nah. Nobody wanted to hang out with the door guy. Pineapple Hill, I had free popcorn, though. That was good. And at Coda, I had free maraschino cherries. Woohoo. Yep. That was... And there were roaches at Coda. And the bathroom would get trashed and overflow. And sometimes that was my job to fix it. If it was just me and the bartenders, that was a nightmare. And they wanted me to do bar backing sometimes and grab glasses from the booths, but I'm way too big to be going through a dance floor and picking up glasses. There was actually a Yelp review saying, everybody's nice, but the big ass bar, uh, security guy is way too big to be coming in and picking glasses up and getting in my way. And it's true. So that's that about security. And now Kate is asleep again. So, mission accomplished, and we will see you 
on the beach.